Alright, so tonight we're, uh, we're going to look at the scripture a little bit more and talk about, right now we're getting to the part where the three visitors uh, come and eat with Abram, <clears throat> Abraham, and, uh, and then two of them go on to Sodom, so we'll be talking about Lot. <laughs> yeah, we will. Um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Lot tonight and some of the stories around him, um, and we're gonna try to use the word much instead of a lot because it could get annoying. Yeah, because we could use a lot, a lot. Yeah, and we've done that joke already, and it's not <clears> even funny. <throat> so I wouldn't even call it a joke. Well, I'd call us a joke when we make jokes like that, or I don't know. Um, there are a couple things from last time that I, I want to go over, and um, but before we start, again, we always want to make it clear that our our goal here is to to do a Bible study, talk about it like we normally do. Um, in, in a section of Scripture we look at, is not all-inclusive. We don't pretend to have all the answers in it or even the stuff we're seeing. This is an interaction. Um, and we believe our walk with the Lord and understanding Scripture is just that. It's a relationship. And so there's a verse that, um, that I want to read um, along the lines of, of us believing that the Scriptures are protected and that God reveals them. Um, and it's uh, 2 Peter 1. Um, verse 20 through 21. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's... What? I was just looking at something. Um... So yeah, the, the scriptures um, and the word of God are carried along by the Holy Spirit, and that's what we rely on as we study. And that's why we uh, to try to understand those scriptures and learn what God was trying to say through them. We don't we don't go outside of the scripture necessarily to do that. It's because all scripture is what uh, was carried along by the Spirit. Yeah, and we're going to see tonight that there are going to be some things that we don't pretend to have the answer on, but we use the Scripture's definition to try and say, okay, well, this seems a little a little off, and the Scriptures say this, um, and so we try to avoid speculating on things outside of that. Hopefully that will make sense as we go along. Um, there were a couple of verses just to share, um, again, before we get started from last week where we, we talked about um, uh, Abraham. And um, they are, I, I, I other, or the other thing with scripture that I wanted to point out too is that there's also a proper time for everything. And we saw that as we talked about Ishmael. We're going to see as we talk about Isaac. Um, there's a scripture in Luke um, uh, where Gabriel is talking to Zechariah and he's like, you know, he tells him that at the proper time. And, and that's an example. And what's interesting about that also is that's a, another example of the unnatural child through the Spirit, through God. Um, opening the womb of Elizabeth for John the Baptist to prepare the way, so um, and that was that was definitely an appointed time, as well. And I was actually thinking about that today, the fact that the promise of the child came to Abram before he was given circumcision. I know we'll talk about circ- we we will get back to circumcision uh, after we do Lot, yeah. but the fact that he was given the promise before he received the covenant of circumcision. Uh, was very important too, and pointing to the fact that the the promise, the appointed you know, child, the appointed time, was given 
before he was fulfilling the legal requirement. Yeah. It was a gift. Um, which, if he would have been given circumcision before, it would have looked like he was being rewarded for that. You, you know? And then, yeah. So Paul uses the, that fact a lot. The, the other thing, too, um, just to make clear from last time, is that we are, um, you read the verse in John 1, 12 and 13, said, you, uh, Yet to all who received him, to those who received his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor of a husband's will, but born of God. That is a direct correlation to is- Ishmael, but it's also, again, it relates to our lives, right? We're born of natural descent initially, of 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 someone's will or something, you know, of of human decision, even though God knew us before time. But before we accept him, then we cross over and we have a new name under Christ and we are now reborn. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's uh it's exactly what he was telling um Nicodemus, you you have to be reborn. He's like, Can you go back in your mother's womb? Well it's it's outside of mother and father. Right. And uh so um all right, and, and like you said, we're not uh, we're not cutting off the circumcision part. <laughs> no, as of right now, we are, but we're definitely going to get back to that. Well, we're only um, snipping it for now. Yes, just just taking a little bit off, and then we'll come back to it. But we um, we're gonna we're gonna get into a lot, and there's some things with him that I want to make clear up front that we see, you know. Once again, you're going to hear us say that Lot is this dude that love, that people love to bash. I mean, they really love to beat this guy down. Um, and there's some really cool things um, that we're going to talk about tonight that the scriptures say about Lot. Um, yeah, it gets pretty ridiculous. It's sad. I mean, I hate to make it seem like that we, we pick on that stuff a lot, but... Um, or much, um, but it, it, it's growing up. It was like, I mean, I, I'm speaking from experience and even, you know, I, I even thought it too until I went and read it and then started to see, well, wait a minute, this, the scripture says this and, and stuff. So, um, our title for this episode is lot, um, a righteous man. And, um, that's a scriptural definition. So we're going to get into that. Um, before we, before we jump into where we're at now, let's go back to why, is Lot in Sodom? Uh, that'd be yeah the point where Lot is given a choice to choose a, a direction. Um, he could choose to stay there, and instead he he chooses to be the one that will move. And he looks up and he sees a beautiful land that's well watered, uh, like the garden of the Lord. And he says, "Well, sheep like water, and I like water too." There's a pretty tree. I'm going to go over there. It's paraphrasing. So, the land looked good. It looked more than good. It looked like the garden of God. You know, it says, uh, it says that, um, it was well watered and looked like the garden of the, of the Lord. So, I mean, you and me and just about everyone's going to choose that. I mean, it's like, you know, you don't pick the house you think is ugly. Well, Maybe that's a bad analogy. Nowadays, people like to flip home, so... But and, and, in the and, end, you know, you're not going to live in it. Right. It does say he pitches tents by Sodom, and uh, some people might pick on him for that, but, I mean, I'll ask, who who has 
when, when you've moved from city to city, who has ever moved to a city that had sin in it? Or things that you would want to stay away from? I think that the whole point is you can't get away from that. You know, you, you, you can't just withdraw from the world and neither could they back then too it was the same way i mean even even abram is living among the people of the land it says it says right there that the parasites or the parasites and stuff are living in the land with them so yeah who have different gods and stuff is the point and i mean i, I wonder how far removed are we from when abraham rescued lot from the kings i mean abraham has met the king of sodom mm-hmm. right Right. And we know that because he pleads for Sodom, that that king isn't righteous, right? Right. We know who the righteous are in Sodom, right? And God pulls them out. So interesting. Well, I guess we'll start with the three visitors then. Now that we've talked about why they're in in Sodom. Yep. Okay. You want to? Should, should we read that in Genesis eighteen? Um. Starting in verse one, I guess we'll read through eighteen. Or you want to just kind of skim through it and, and get into the get into some of the, the points? Well, I'm, I don't know. Maybe there's a lot to cover, so maybe we'll just skim it and uh, encourage anybody listening to go and read it. Okay. So what's going on here? Three visitors, what's up? So these three guys appear out of nowhere. And uh, when Abraham looks up, he sees three men standing there, and he hurries out to meet them, and uh, he bows down to him, immediately starts calling him, my Lord, do not pass by, and he offers water to be brought to wash at their feet, he, to, for them to rest under a tree, and he tries to, and he feeds them, um, so that they can go on their way and be refreshed, so it's kind of paraphrased. Right, so there's three of them, and then and then in verse 16, it says, When the men got up to leave, they looked down towards Sodom, and Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. Then the Lord said, so the Lord is one of these men, mm-hmm. or he's speaking with them here. Um, Shall I hide? And there's a there's more to that, and perhaps that's a, something we'd study one day. But I think, it, for those of you listening, to, to look at that and try to figure out who the three men are, um, uh, this I believe the scriptures unlock that, but that's that's... Today we're talking about Lot, so we're just we're gonna we're gonna go past that, even though it's 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 uh it's pretty neat. Then the Lord said, "Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all the nations on earth will be blessed through him." Verse nineteen: For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just, so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Then the Lord said, "The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great, and their sins so grievous." Um, that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. Um, then the men turned away and went towards Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. And then this is where Abraham pleads with the Lord and, and says, you know, if there are 50 righteous people, will you, will you spare it? And he says, if there are, then he will. Um, and then it's, uh, I mean, and it goes back and forth until... Um, basically, there, I guess it gets down to 30. <clears throat> he gets down to, uh, 20. Um, they said, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy. Okay. okay. 
And when the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left, and Abraham returned home. Um, I, I want to point out the fact that uh, a lot of people, well, I've heard, I mean, we've gotten in, in discussions about, you know, why would Ab- Abraham... Uh, oh, yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Seemingly distrust the Lord's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just justice and everything. And uh, th- this is... This is by far not like a lack of faith on Abraham's part. God's revealing himself to Abraham at this point. And it's not, I don't believe that Abraham thinks that God is unjust. But Abraham's concerned for Lot. And he just told him, I'm going to go down there and destroy the city if it's this wicked. And Abraham's like, Lot's down there. you know. And he, I, just like you said, he knows he's righteous. Okay. Um, there's, there's one thing to remember. Lot got carried off in the War of the Kings. This... this took place not that long ago. So, Abraham has seen the righteous swept away with the wicked before. So to say. Right. So. And I think the other thing, too, is is it's also revealing Abraham's character. So God says, well, what, you know, should I reveal this to Abraham? Well, now we're seeing a character and a growth in Abraham and his ability. He has a relationship with God. And he's saying, well, if there's this, we do this. And I, I, yeah, I think you're totally correct. And we've talked about the verses last week about Abraham's, you know, un- non-weakening faith and unwavering belief. And so he it's more to show the character of God, the mercy of God, you know, and a lot having this relationship with Abraham mm-hmm. and then Abraham's character as well. I mean, because yeah, he's, he, he's he is pleading. he is he is pleading and he's he's hoping that there are more outside of Lot that would be, you know, that, that could be there. It's also showing us how wicked Sodom truly is. I mean, we're going to see more examples, but it's true. So, and then in 19, the visitors, the, the two angels, it says the two angels arrived at Sodom. So now we know two of them are angels. Right. So we had the Lord and two angels. And then Lot is sitting in the gateway of the city and, and kind of the same thing happens. So to kind of break it down, comparing chapter 18 and chapter 19... 18 is when Abraham greets the visitors. 19 is when Lot greets the visitors. The difference is it's 2 verses 3, right? Mm-hmm. So in verse 1, in, in the first part, it says that he's sitting at his tent. Abraham's sitting at the entrance of his tent. And then Lot, in his, he's sitting at the gateway to the city. Then we go, and Abraham says that Abraham hurried down from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. Mm-hmm. And then Lot, he did the same thing. He got up to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. Then Abraham um, pleaded with them or asked them not to pass their, your servant by. Lot says, turn aside to your servant's house. Abraham offers water, feet washing, and rest. Lot offers washing of feet and, and, and asks them to spend the night. Verse 2. And then Abraham offers him something to eat, and Lot offers bread without yeast. So the way in which these visitors are treated parallel each other. And, and by two men who the scripture call righteous. Right. So how can somebody look at this and say Lot is there because of his wickedness? And that, I mean, a wicked man would not grab these two men to take them out of the square where it's not safe, wash their feet with his hands... Right, and and or or I mean, just feed them. To I mean, how is this the first place in scriptures where we see the washing of feet? I believe Abraham washing feet. Yeah, I think that is the first place. If there is, it, it it's not. 
Yeah, I mean, and, and the other thing no, here to remember is that so. we just saw the character of Abraham, as we just discussed, and we know that God is 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 talking with Abraham, right? That mm-hmm. I mean, that's the relationship you and I have now through Christ, that we can communicate with God and He can speak back through the Spirit and other believers and the Word. So this is what's going on here, and now Lot treats him the same way. So that says a l- much about Lot. Right. <laughs> good. It's really that, tough. That was good. Yeah. Hey, I, I want to point something out. We, Abraham fought for Lot, and it taught. No, All right, I'm sorry. That, that, Go ahead. No, that yeah. rhymes. It's very good, son. Yes. <laughs> I connect the dots. So, um, I want to point out the fact that we, I, I know we kind of kick against, uh, we talk about some common perceptions and then kick against them a little bit, but, I mean, this stuff is out there everywhere. We. I don't always want to be, you know, like um, fighting against something when we're looking at stuff, but it's really hard not to. And I mean, even scripture says there's going to be disagreements about some of this stuff to, you know, because there is a true way of interpreting it. And then there's, there's, you know, just the wrong way. And and then most of the time we fall in between somewhere because we don't always have the right interpretation either. Right, and you, gotta, you have to consider a background, too. I mean, in the sense that, like, for me, I grew up in church, and there are really good things about that, and there are, there are amazing people I've met and things that God taught me in it, and that, that's the power of Him. But there are many things that I grew up just believing and trusting and never looking at for myself, and now realizing that those things, though they were passed on to me from godly men, they were passed on to them, too, and you come to the Scriptures with something already in your mind and it can taint it some without, or I shouldn't even say come to the scriptures in the sense that I just didn't open up half these stories because, well, that's, that's that. Or I had, you know, I knew the story because so-and-so said something and I would regurgitate what they said without ever seeing it for myself. That's not a relationship. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you got to consider the background too. So it's not, you know, I don't, I don't hate church and I don't, you know, despise people that, that would say, well, no, you're wrong a lot. No, I want to sit down with them and open the word because they're seeking truth like we are. And we're not trying to pretend that that's not the case either. Right. I mean, and, there are extremes on both ends. but and I, I mean, the whole point about this is, I mean, what what you said before, don't take our word on it. We we talk about this. Don't even, don't even think like we're even touching a, a piece of this stuff. I mean, go look at it. Um, add the scriptures up. Just study it. Just just take it in, and and I mean, I promise you, it's there's a lot of depth to be seen in all this stuff. So that I mean, I just wanted to sum up like yeah, it it's not all about kicking kicking against certain things, but we are definitely kicking against certain you know interpretations. <laughs> yeah. So um, Lot and Abraham treat him the same, but this this feeding. The hungry and thirsty and inviting them in is there are other areas in scripture that we see this right mm-hmm. yeah it's uh the uh sheep and the goats in matthew 25 you got it yeah i can turn there i got it. it's in the back somewhere right isn't it towards the front right right in the, the middle front, right so in matthew 25 um, we've got the story of the sheep and the goats, which is a neat story and a really scary one at the same time. Um, and, it, and a couple of things about, about what's going on here. I believe it starts in verse 31. 
Um, and I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read this so we can talk about it. Is that all right with you? Yeah. All right. Matthew 31 through no. 46. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Oh, your inheritance is the kingdom. Anyways, for I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. The righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger, or needing clothes, or sick, or in prison, and did not help you? He replied, he will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for the one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Um, so up front, this is red letter. Mm-hmm. So this is Jesus talking here. Um, and so you've got the sheep and the goats, uh, pretty pretty self-explanatory. What I think is interesting is um, the the... Even the righteous that do those things do them naturally. They seem surprised. Well, when did we do this? They answer the same way as the goats. The difference is they did it with because their heart was changed, right? Right, which, which is something that's uh, pointed out to uh, show that this is not something you, you your conscience you're conscious of to receive the inheritance. You're not doing it like they don't walk up proud. You, you know what's interesting is that don't the sheep actually think they're goats and the goats think they're sheep. Yeah. I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, they're like, when did we do this? I mean, and then the goats are like, look at us. We we deserve this. Right. right? So, but there's a link here. Right? Yeah. You know what's interesting is that the, uh, this is about inheritance. And Abram left his inheritance to follow. So this is all about... To follow the promise. Yeah. And blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared to you since the creation of the world. That's just, you know, that's awesome. Right. So the the thing about it is here is that we see, um, Jesus said, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat, which we see. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink, which we see with Abraham a lot. I was a stranger and you invited me in. See it again. So um, there are examples here that we see so they do these things jesus gives this example and says this is what the righteous do but the and he calls them that in the story the righteous mm-hmm. okay so right up front pretty neat little story it seems somewhat simple because it's it it's obvious right right i think once you see that it's it's pretty obvious that um you know lot acted 
the way God would have expected him to act as the righteous man that he's going to save from Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, every, I, didn't mean to, I didn't mean to ruin the end of the movie, but that's what happens. Everything that Lot did mirrors what Ab- Abram, Abraham did and mirrors what the sheep do. It's Yeah. So what's what we'll get into now, um, further into it, is we're let let's go uh, now would be a good time to talk about the Second Peter verse and then continue with the story, don't you think? Yeah, I can read. I'll let you read that. I gave you permission. All right, so granted, Peter is actually talking about. Uh, I want to put it in context that that he's talking about false teachers. Uh, mixed in, mixed in among uh, true true teachers. So this is even more so pointing to the fact that Lot is a picture of somebody who is in the world. Uh, the weeds grow with the wheat. Picture here. So let me read in Second Peter chapter two, uh, verse four, right. For if God did not spare... Okay, wait. I would start in um, uh, Second Peter... Uh, t- let's see. Wow. It's up to you. What were we going to say? No, go ahead. Um, you think I start verse 1? I think you should start where you wanted to start. For if God did not spare the angels <clears throat> when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them in gloomy dungeons to be held for judgment. If he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others, if he condemned the city of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes and made them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly, and rescued Lot, a righteous man who was distressed by the filthy lives of lawless men, for the righteous man living among them day after day was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. If this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue godly men from trials and hold the, hold the unrighteous for the day of judgment while continuing the puni- their punishment. So, verse 8 just uh, gives a... God's testimony about the fact that Lot was a righteous man living among, uh, living among the wicked that were there tormented him in his righteous soul, day after day, because of what he saw and heard. Um, <clears throat> but before that, it uh, in in verse one, it says, "But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you." They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their shameful ways and bring the way of truth into disrepute. Um, What I see in this is the fact that Peter is saying there's going to be false teachers among you. Um, And then he starts talking about Lot, just like there was the righteous mixed in with the wicked in there too. You know, like this is the way it is. Yeah, but he also goes on, um, you stop to nine, maybe you keep reading, continuing on in this chapter, um, chapter two of Second Peter, um, he describes the wickedness of these men, um, and and we and he continues using the example of Lot, right? 
because he says in verse um, 10, bold and arrogant, these men are not afraid to slander celestial beings. Yet even angels, although they are stronger and more powerful, do not bring slanderous accusations against such beings in the presence of the Lord. So, um, you know, fast forward in the story, we're going to get to the spot where the men want to come in, the people of Sodom want to come in and rape the angels. Mm -hmm. And that's, they're you know, they're slandering these celestial beings, right? I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, they have it's no a direct fear. example, right? Um, and it just it just goes on in the chapter there. I don't know if I'm throwing you off at all, but he continues. You're right. He follows the false teacher's example with an example of of um, the response by well, God's bringing of the flood and protecting Noah, and then condemning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, but protecting Lot, who was rescuing Lot, who was a righteous man. And was distressed by the filthy lives of lawless men. For that righteous man, being Lot, living among them day after day, was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. I mean, he's a good dude. He just continually needs rescuing. Well, it doesn't get any clearer than that. Yeah. I mean, torture, tormented in his righteous soul by lawless deeds he saw and heard. I mean, he, he, he had a heart for these people. So when when God says I'm going down there, when the Lord says I'm going down there to see if the outcry against Sodom is as great as what's reached me, then I would it's probably safe to say that Lot is a part of that outcry that's reached the ears of the Lord. Yeah. So Lot is not only there um, because he's a picture of what a believer is in the world, but he's there also in his most likely his prayers. And, and his his outcrying are going up to the Lord, and the Lord is responding. Mm-hmm. So, um, in 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 the section in Genesis, um, after he invites the uh, the angels in, um, he insisted that they stay at his house. He prepared a meal for them, and he and he and it says he in verse three, we're back in Genesis nineteen, baking bread without yeast, and they ate. So he gave them bread without yeast. So I'm wondering, well, well, why? What's the deal with the bread without yeast? Well, you know, I mean, we we know that lot. Um, we bread's come up already before now, right? We talked about it a couple episodes ago with Melchizedek, right. bringing out bread and wine. But why does it say <clears throat> without yeast? Well, it's uh, when the Israelites are in Egyptian ca- in captivity uh, in Egypt, of course, during the, the Passover that's given, the one that where death will pass by to kill the firstborn of Egypt, um, all every, every firstborn in Egypt, uh, they're told to bake bread without yeast and prepare the Passover lamb, eat it in haste, and, and, it's, it's this, and it tells them be, because... Well, they eat it in haste because they were going to be leaving that night. So, this is before that takes place. And we see this meal with bread without yeast. And then there's going to be another exodus, you know, of, you know, much f- fewer people. It's a, it's a different picture of wrath. But, um, the, uh, the, the word picture of bread without yeast is uh, all throughout the scripture, Jesus talks about 
he compares the tradition and the hypocrisy of the Pharisees to yeast, um, which adds and puffs up. And in Matthew 16, verse 6, is one of the spots where he does it. He says, uh, Be careful, Jesus said to them, be on your guard, be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Um, they discussed this among themselves and said, it's because we did not bring any bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, you have little faith, why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves, or the five thousand, and how many basketfuls you gathered? Okay, so he talks about something that took place there. And then, Towards the end, he says, How is it that you don't understand that I was not talking about bread, but be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees? They understood um, that this was the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees, which was laced with tradition, hypocrisy, and it puffed up and it added to, which is interesting because with Melchizedek's carrying the bread, and the bread represents the, the, the word and the flesh of Christ, then this stuff, um, the tradition, you know, you would add that into the scripture, like almost, you would, it would become about your, your righteousness, that's where mm -hmm. hypocrisy and stuff. It's, uh, well, and they also, it was very like, you know, it didn't really get at the heart of people, it was very, you know, kind of ritualistic as well, and, you know, um, you're right, and, and very, like, self-righteous, kind of like, look at us, we do this, and, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess 1 Corinthians says, in 1 Corinthians... Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Oh, okay. good. Uh, 1 Corinthians 5, verse 6, it says, for 6 through 8, uh, your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little yeast works throughout, through the whole batch of dough, uh, get rid of the old yeast... As you really are, um, and cause the the yeast without the bread without yeast in verse eight is the bread of sincerity and truth. Okay. So, so yeast is used in a very particular way, and we're seeing it early on. I mean, this this is our first example of it. So, him offering bread without yeast, and now this reveals to us that 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 the meaning of that. Yeah, I mean it. You might be thinking, what does this have to do with Sodom? But we, we know that all these stories were given to um, teach us about what is, what's going to come. And, I mean, that's why Revelation calls uh, Jerusalem figuratively Sodom and Egypt, because it's pointing to something. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's pointing to more than just one thing. It's pointing to every aspect of the story, which these these things that take place, just like in the Exodus with the Passover uh, the night before, just in the same way that the lamb has meaning, that they slaughter and put the blood on the door, everybody understands that as pointing to, most people understand that as pointing to the blood on the door, pointing to Christ and the slaughter of the lamb and eating it, just like Christ ate the Passover dinner the night that he was taken, the true Passover lamb. So the in that way, the bread without yeast in it has meaning as well, um, and the scripture reveals that meaning. And what's cool is that we see it all the way back 
with Sodom, which is also an example of what's to come. And it's not just that. Uh, the well, fact that the... And the blood's over the door. It's a covering, right? And death covering passes. By the blood and death passes. Yeah. And that's exactly what's going to take place here. All those in the... Well, except for Lot's wife. But those inside the door there are going to be the ones who are going to be escaping this wrath. And uh, did we talk about the men being struck blindness? No, we haven't gotten to that yet. That's another... That's another... Uh, imagery um the fact that the the wicked men outside are are gathered together in their sin basically and it, it pits them opposing god in that moment and they're struck with blindness and they can't find the door um and jesus constantly constantly calls the pharisees blind guides and and john says that they're blind and they're like Oh, he said he came to open the eyes of the blind and that so uh, those who think they can see will become blind. And they say, what, well, are we blind too? And, um, but it's a, it, it represents a spiritual blindness in the days of Christ. Um, and he has to strike them with, the angels strike them with blindness because after he feeds them the yeast, all the men of the city of Sodom um, surround the house, and they 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 tell Lot that to send the men out because they want to have sex with them, mm -hmm. and um, and so there's a spot in here too that we can't we can't pass over, um, no pun intended, um, where Lot says in verse seven to the men, "No, my friends, do don't do this wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man." Let me bring them out to you, and you can do what you like with them. But don't do anything to these men, for they have come under the protection of my roof. Get out of our way, they replied. Um, and so, and then they, they attack him, you know, saying, you're an alien here, he wants to play the judge now. And um, and they move to break down the door, and that's when the, the angels pull Lot back in, and then they strike them in at the door of the house with blindness, so they can't find the door, which is some pretty serious blindness, right? Right. And the other example there, too, like you were talking about with the blindness, before we get into Lot offering his daughter's thing, is also that um, it talks about, you know, um, bringing Christ in and opening, you know, opening the door and understanding who he is. And then this is here. They couldn't find the door. They were just right in front of it. So right. kind of an interesting parallel. So this is one of the areas where it's like, what the heck? Lot is going to offer his two virgin daughters to all these men and do what you want with them. Um, so right up front, I would say, all right, I know what the scriptures say about Lot. Um, and my brother-in-law shared with me how, um, he heard a pastor or someone one time say, well, Lot knew who was in his house. And so that's interesting. He also knew who was outside the house. And, um, I, I, I tend to believe that maybe he knew they wouldn't accept them. I, I don't know. I think the thing here is this is one of those areas of scripture that, and I know you've got some thoughts on it, where I don't fully understand it yet, and I and I recognize that I'm going to keep asking God to show me that, and it may not be a mystery that's going to be revealed here, right? Yeah. But that's okay because I've seen the power and the truth and the perfection in other parts, and that's where the faith part comes in for me, where I was like, well, this doesn't quite make sense, but. 
um, or I can't fully explain it. And it seems really awful on the surface. I mean, just being honest about it. Um, but I do, he obviously knew who was in his house. We've kind of laid that out. Um, I don't know if he knew that they were just going to protect him. You know, I mean, Lot's been rescued before. I mean, I think he, he's realizing, and if, like you said, this, if it's his outcry reaching God, he may know that his answer has arrived. You know, I mean, it says he even pleads with him to stay in his house. So there's something going on, or he, and on, on top of that, he probably knew the wicked men of the city were going to try to do something to them as well. Yeah. Um, why they haven't messed with his daughters to this point, maybe he knew that they weren't interested in women. I, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? Uh, <clears throat> I think about, I don't know, when you were saying that, I, I, I just got pictured in my mind the fact that it says uh, he was tormented in his righteous soul for the lawless deeds that he saw, in the, or the things that he saw. So I, I can only imagine what he actually saw in that city. Yeah. Or what other nights might have come that maybe a visitor had come into town or something and what could have happened. I mean, I mean, if this is their practice, then he's seen things like this before. Right. And, and maybe this is, uh, the, you know, he, he actually got these guys before they got him. I mean, he's sitting at the city gate. That's kind of an interesting thing towards sunset too. The other interesting piece too, is we know that, um, we know he's righteous and his daughters have remained virgins, and they're also engaged. Or right? that's, that's interesting, too. Yeah. Yeah, because it says yeah. uh, later on, like, are there any other sons or daughters or anyone else, sons-in-laws? Um, and it says uh, Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-laws, I mean, um, who were pledged to marry his daughter. So they, they obviously have some sense of righteousness, righteousness to them as well. Yeah, or at least, you know. I mean, living in a town where sex is that out in the open especially you know sex among the same gender and those kind of things it's pretty interesting yeah so i i don't i don't understand it you know as well it's uh it's a difficult scripture to even digest i mean it feels far-fetched but i i have had the thought in the past that if if lot is serving christ which we see he is in the sheep and the goats by doing, by taking these men in, washing their feet and stuff. It's the same as doing it for him. Um, and this taking place and him wanting to protect at all cost is what I see with this. Like at all cost, he's going to, it's almost, it's almost like, you know, just willing to to give everything to follow. But I was gonna say it's, it's far. Every, it's it that is yeah. But I mean, the more we talked about this before, and he's offering everything. He's already out there, right? He's already he's already in between them. They can they can take him right then. They're already putting the pressure on him, right? Right. And he he literally offers what's left. I mean, that's all he has is his family there, his two daughters and himself and his wife. And he's pretty much offering everything. Right. So it is it is interesting to think about it in that way. And from a from a father's point of view and from a world point of view, um, it, it's a very hard thing to wrap around it makes in that. No sense. Right. <laughs> What's interesting is um, his wife doesn't come up in that exchange, and then we know that she can't follow the the directions, and she you know. What what she's told to do, and she looks back. So she she isn't rescued. 
She initially is, but she is, isn't fully rescued. You know, I, I'm remembering back to some of the conversation that came up with the daughters being offered was one perspective that made it look even more uh, wicked in people's eyes was, was, was Lot doing that to save his own butt, you know, to, to save himself as well. Or more so, and I don't, I don't see it for his. Just like you said, he's already standing in the gap of the door. He's already, you know, and it's every that man chance. from Sodom. I mean, it's not like he's gonna. He take knows all that dudes. they could yeah. take him at any. And the minute he opened the door and went out, he knew. You right, because they because the angels pull him back in. Don't right. They? Yep. Says the angels. So he's already there. So we, you know, and I think again, like when you see something like that in the scriptures, it, it doesn't have to. It, it can be a strengthening thing in your faith as well, and um, th- there are going to be there are going to be mysteries in it, but go after it, seek it, you know, rather than taking it as something to point the finger back at your own religion. Have faith in God and what He's told us in other sections of the Scripture, and and pray for revelation in it. Right. Because I mean, you're going to come across. Things like this that are, <clears throat> I mean, that that they kind of turn your stomach. And, yeah. But but stuff happened, you know. So I guess uh, jumping right into another thing that can that people will will get on a lot about is so they have to flee the city, and the angels end up having to literally. I mean, Lot is like trying to stay to the last bit, and they they have to force him out, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And and then Lot pleads with them to, if he's found favor, to, to let him go. He spares life, and he doesn't want to go to the mountains. He's afraid that he'll die there. He'll be overtaken and died. So he goes to a cave. Um, and then in that cave, he ends up, he's there with his, with his two daughters. So another area, and what happens is he gets drunk on grape juice, right. on, on wine, um, and... One, and his each of his daughters, you know, sleep with him. I think it's two different nights, but, mm-hmm. um, and people want to say, well, look, look, look how look at him. He's a drunkard, and, um, but, a couple things I see there. One, the daughters think that this is their only chance to preserve their family. Okay, they think everything, as far as they're as far as they know, everything's been destroyed. Right. right, they're 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 it. They're all that's left. Well, they fled the Zoar, and then he was afraid to stay there, so they went. To the cave. Right. Okay. So. So that I mean, the world's I, probably I mean, obviously turned upside down in the, their immediate world. Yeah, I mean, they could think Zora's about to be destroyed too. Um, so they they seem to have good intentions in a very warped way. I know that's that's another one that's kind of hard to swallow. But also, Lot was unaware. So I mean, who thinks that when they when they're enjoying some wine and and have that much that their daughters are going to do something like that? Well, I. I mean, I'm not trying to play, you know, defense lawyer here. I'm just saying that those f- little bit of things are never really considered. It's like, well, look at Lot. It's like he got drunk on purpose so he could sleep with his daughters, and that's not the story. Yeah, I, I think that's... Th- this. When you look at the life of Lot, th- this must be the only spot where people take... Maybe this is the spot where they take it and they apply it to all of his life of, of why they think he was like a backslider or something like that. But who, who, I mean, I think if I just fled the city, watched my wife turn into a pillar of salt, um, everywhere I was living was destroyed, uh, had to offer my daughters 
because some men were about to take, you know, angels and sleep with them, I would need a little bit of wine that night too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's not give the guy a break. Yeah. And, and just like you said, I he. The scripture makes it clear that he he had no idea when it happened with his daughters. He had no idea when he laid down. He had no idea when he got up the next day. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I'm not ignoring the fact that, you know, he didn't want to follow what a God directed the angels directed him to initially do and, and to go to, you know, go to the mountain. So, you know, there was some some things there that occurred where you're like, well, I mean, you know, if you would well, follow, you know, you don't know, but... I, I actually think that was very purposeful, too. The fact that he hesitated was because this is... The, the the mercy of this is to show the mercy of God. Yeah. Jesus uses this. Um, I mean, this happens to teach us about what's going to take place and what and what Peter says what is taking place. Um, it, it's also showing the mercy of God and the wrath of God at the same time. Uh, and I, I was just looking for the spot that says. Um, and if I can find it really quick, I don't think I can. It, there, in, in one of the Gospels, it says, uh, G, when asked about the signs of the end times, last times, he says it'll be like the days of Lot. And uh, up until the day he left, you know, things went on as they were. They, they looked normal. But the point about it is, is that he's comparing that time to the days of Lot. And we know that anybody who's saved, period, is by the absolute grace of God, and it was not by our own will, in a way, as well. I mean, because we would all choose darkness. It In the beginning of, the, of John, it says, um, men love the darkness. I think it's beginning of John. But I, I just think it represents the mercy of God. Yeah, in, and I, I think salvation. also, like, what you're saying is, is obviously, it's, it's him that does it. I mean, I think... Um, we see this in the stories, and we see later on when Peter, what we read earlier, he gives the example of Noah being rescued from the flood, or saved from the flood, mm -hmm. and then it follows with, with Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, there's been a lot since Noah, and between Noah and Lot. What, what's, what's the deal here? I also think of the fact that, um, and I, I noticed your notes there on the board, we know that the scriptures say that God seals up Noah in the ark. So he closes the door and seals it. And then in this instance, the angels pull him in, strike the blindness, and the door, the door is closed. That that ceiling there is done supernaturally. Mm -hmm. And 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 I think that from from an example point of view, and from from the imagery there, that's intentional as well. I mean, God, it's God's look. We are going to, we are going to die. We are lost. We are blind, and dead, and God like with Lot, is going to rescue us. Right. <clears throat> by, by, by grabbing us by the hand and rescue, you know, I mean, by, by pulling right. us into the door. I mean, all of us can think of examples where we look back where, like the angels had to do with Lot, where he, he's, he's guided and directed us and, and had, to, had to do that for us in his, in his grace and mercy. So it's... Uh, I think it's it's it almost compares to uh, Peter, um, 
the fact that Peter said, when, when Jesus said, uh, all will fall away, Peter said, I'll, I'll, I'll die for you. You know, I'll, I'll come and I'll die for you. And, and he says, I tell you the truth, you know, before this night is over, the rooster crow three times. Right. And, and I think that's because it wasn't about Peter's righteousness. It was about what Christ was doing, Christ's, righteous, Christ's righteousness. Because right. Peter does eventually die for him. But it's, it's done, um, God does that. God gives him that righteous act. And uh, in some ways I, I see kind of a parallel with the mercy of God. Yeah, we also see, you know, Abraham is praying to God for Lot's sake. And it says at the end of the chapter that, that God remembered Abraham and he rescued Lot. So Lot's story is purposeful, just like everything else we're trying to lay out with the patriarchs. It is revealing character of God. It's revealing how he will deal with us in certain ways. And Sodom and Gomorrah, as we've talked about, and there are other examples where it's used in Scripture to show what will happen or what God's, you know, not thinking, but the, the whole purpose behind some things. And I think that's something that we have to keep in mind. And when when people are dogging a lot, let's consider the fact that this man's in the Holy Scriptures. And there are good things said about him. And there are examples to be learned in it. And his name is written down. And it's forever. It's written down as being righteous. And, that there's very... and tormented in his righteous soul. You bring up an interesting point how it is a... It is Abraham's interaction with God that it does say after it takes place that, um, what does it say? <sighs> it says um, in Genesis 19, um, verse 29. So when God destroyed the cities of the plain, he remembered Abraham, and he brought Lot out of the catastrophe that overthrew the cities where Lot had lived. Yeah, so basically because of God's interaction. God gave that to Abraham to to plead out for him. And I just think about the promises given to Abraham and the fact that we come into the inheritance through right. Abraham. Um, yeah. And the fact that Lot was rescued. Lot was shown mercy because of what God was doing through Abraham. And that's the exact same thing that happened to us as well. You know, Though we're saved through the blood of Christ, just like Lot is, the promises were given to Abraham. The bloodline, you know, of Christ came from Abraham, and it's because of those. When Christ is born, well, I think well before he's born, Elizabeth is praising God, talking about. Um, I can go to it real quick. Luke. Chapter, it's Mary's song, Luke uh, chapter 1, verse 46. In it, she's uh, glorifying God um, when she finds out that she's, gonna, she's pregnant. And in 54, it says, He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abram, Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. Um, it, you know, Christ came to uh, fulfill all those promises, but we're sons of, of Abraham as well, and, and that mercy came to us because Abraham directed his household after him. And yeah. Stuff. 
So there's, there's kind of that parallel there. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, one other thing, just to kind of go back a little bit, when we were talking about um, how Abraham, I mean, how Lot treated the angels. And I don't know that he may, if he knew that they were angels or not. I do believe he knew they were from God. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a verse in Hebrews chapter 13, um, uh, verses 1 and 2. Um, I'll read 1 through 3. Keep on loving each other as brothers. Do not forget to entertain strangers. For by doing so, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. Um, so that's a challenge to us, too, in knowing that there are going to be these people that, that may come in our lives. And, you know, it, it, it's just a challenge, and it's, it's just kind of interesting um, that you can entertain angels because that's what, that's what Lot did, yeah. right? Um, and... Uh, to say Lot is a picture of a believer in the world, um, I, I by no means claim to be even close to uh, Lot and, and the things that he did. I mean, who goes and takes people into their home like that? Yeah, I mean, I'm strangers. more tempted to be the guy, I mean, not going after another dude or whatever. But, <laughs> you know, I'm more tempted to be the, the person living in sin wanting to continue living in that sin than I am the one that wants to fight against it sometimes, you know what I mean? Yeah, come out and he's uh But God God has reached down and, and, and pulled me from it too. I think of um maybe one day we can share our testimonies on here. Um but you know, I think about the jealousy issues that I had. I mean they I tried everything I could to push those down and it was God that took them away. You know, and it's 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 the same that we're seeing, right? You know, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. I don't know, hopefully that makes sense. But. No, I, I think deep down inside, everybody would rather choose, uh, you know, to resist God. Yeah, to flash. Yeah. No, oh, cool. I think we, we kind of pretty much. So, um, Kenny, you're having a son soon. You want to name, I think a good name would be Lot. I mean, we just made a case for him, so maybe you should consider that. That's true. Lot, Lot the Righteous. Lot Smith. Lot Righteous. And he could grow up and be a locksmith. Jeez. All right. You want to close us? Lord, thank you for uh, men like Lot that we can look back and uh, just uh, see your your dealings with with man and uh, for the scripture to uh, learn about you. Uh, thank you for the time that we've had to talk about this. Please let um, your word be seen in truth and guide our lives with it and give us light from it. And thank you for your son uh, whose blood saved us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.